0: In 2007, a woman named Kathy Griffin won an Emmy Award. Any of you know what the Emmy Awards are? Yeah, I have to admit that I had to look it up. I knew it was an award show, and I had heard it before, but I get those all mixed up between that and the Oscars and all of those. Um, But the Emmys, for those of you who don't know, are for actors and actresses on TV shows and, and even some TV producers and everything in the realm of television. So in 2007, Kathy Griffin won an Emmy Award. I also have to admit that I've never heard of her before either, I'm not familiar with any of her work, but I saw her award speech in 2007 at the Emmys, and it's something that I won't soon forget hearing. She stepped up to the mic, just like every other award recipient does, and she had those 30 seconds. Those 30 seconds where where people normally take that time to thank their co-workers, they thank their family, they thank their friends. Maybe they say something humorous, and then they say thank you, and they leave. Here's what Kathy said. She said, a lot of people would come up here and thank Jesus for helping them win this award. But I'm not going to do that, because Jesus hasn't done anything for me. Take that, Jesus. Does that make you uncomfortable? (laughs) I can feel the tension that you're feeling right now. I feel uncomfortable just repeating what she said because it hurts. We hate when people say that about Jesus, our Savior. And Kathy Griffith, believe me, she's not the only one who has said these things. Sharp, anti Jesus comments are are peppered all over movies, television, all out in this real world. They're the kind of statements that make you angry. They're the kind of statements that make you say, if they only knew, if they only knew what they were saying if they only knew who they were saying this about, they would never let those words pass their lips again. Do you think if, if people knew who Jesus actually was, maybe they would stop mocking him? Do you think if Kathy Griffith, Griffin knew that she wouldn't exist if it weren't for Jesus, that she would... Keep mocking him? That Jesus was the one that knit her together in her mother's womb? That Jesus could look at her eyes and her ears and her mouth and say, Hey, I made those. I made you. All of those gifts and abilities that you have, the, the whole reason that you were able to win this Emmy Award in the first place was because I gave you those gifts. If she only knew that, maybe, just maybe, she wouldn't use the mouth that God created to mock her creator. If they only knew. That's what came to my mind as I read our our section for this evening. I'm just going to go back to three verses that we had um, at the very beginning of our passion reading for this evening. From Luke 22. Luke writes, The men who were guarding Jesus began mocking and beating him. They blindfolded him and demanded, Prophesy, who hit you? And they said many other insulting things to him. So, how do we get to this point? Judas betrays Jesus, hands him over in the Garden of Gethsemane. Jesus is arrested in the Garden of Gethsemane and led into Jerusalem, where they take him to the house of the high priest, where he was going to stand trial. I use finger quotes for trial because this was a bogus trial. It was fake. These men wanted Jesus dead, and they were going to do whatever they could to make sure that happened. It didn't matter what they were saying about him as long as things were being said. Accusations, lies, twisting of the truth. And that's where we find Jesus. He was not among friendly people. In fact, there were very few there that were friendly to him. We know John was there. We know Peter was there denying him. But everyone else there was not friendly to Jesus. They wanted him dead. The elders and the teachers of the law, do you remember them? Do you remember earlier in the Gospels when they would follow Jesus around and ask him questions and try to get him to stumble, to say something that was just a little bit incorrect so they would have something to bring him down? They were plotting to kill him, seems like, all of the time. And now... They are desperate. They want Jesus dead, and they want him dead now. And if those accusations, if those lies were not enough for Jesus, we have these guards that were piling abuse on Jesus. Who were these guys? What was their background you know, we're not told much about them. It's not written down for us. Maybe, maybe they were in the garden when they arrested Jesus. Maybe they saw Peter draw his, his sword out and cut off Malchus' ear, and then Jesus pick up that ear and heal Malchus. Maybe they saw that miracle. Or, or it's also a possibility that this is the first time they've ever seen Jesus. The first encounter they've ever had with Jesus. We're not told, but what we are told is men were guarding Jesus. They were guards. Obvious statement, maybe a little silly to bring up, but it tells you a little bit about what their purpose was. They were supposed to guard and protect Jesus, the prisoner, they were supposed to make sure he didn't escape. They did all right at that one. They were also supposed to protect him from other people around him so that he could stand a fair trial. Were they doing their job? No way. Not even close. They were mocking and beating Jesus. They didn't care about him. As far as they were concerned, Jesus was as good as dead. He was guilty. He was just a toy for them to torture. You know, even if some of them were in the garden when Jesus was arrested, even if some of them witnessed the miracle of Melchus' ear being healed, they weren't treating Jesus like he was worthy of respect, like he was someone special who had power and might. But let's step back for a second and observe what these guards are observing. They have this man, Jesus, who claims to be God. But did he look like God? As far as the guards were concerned, this man was helpless. When he was arrested in the Garden of Gethsemane, he didn't resist. Peter was the only one that was drawing a sword trying to fight back as they're piling abuses on him, as they're beating him, mocking him, slinging accusations at him. Jesus wasn't trying to fight back. He was just taking it. He didn't seem to have strength or might. or He wasn't regal. He wasn't powerful. To these people... He seemed like he was defeated. Like all of the air had come out of him. Like he'd given up the will to live. Why would God allow himself to be abused like this? Because that's exactly what the guards were doing. They blindfolded him. They hit him. And they said, prophesy. Who hit you? If you are God, prove it. If they only knew. If they only knew that Jesus knew everything. If they only knew that Jesus could tell them their great aunt's middle name. Jesus could tell them every word that they have ever spoken. He could repeat it back to them. He could tell them every item of food they've ever eaten. If they only knew that the man who they were demanding to prophesy was the one about whom all the prophecies were about. That was Jesus. Jesus. He was God. They were mocking God. They were hitting God. We got a glimpse of Jesus power, didn't we? In the garden of in the garden of Gethsemane, he said this. Do you think I cannot call on my Father? And he will at once put at my disposal more than 12 legions of angels. That's the kind of power that Jesus had. If they only knew that, maybe they wouldn't be treating him like this. It's hard for us. It's hard for us to understand all that's going on here because... If we were in Jesus' position, if we had all of the power of God, we wouldn't choose weakness. If given the choice between power and weakness, we would choose power. But God isn't like you. He's not like me. Jesus chose weakness in order to show his power. He chose weakness in order to save you. That's how he showed his power. I hate to keep picking on Kathy Griffin because what she did at those 2007 Emmy Awards was an act of rebellion against God. And we all have those acts of rebellion. We call them sin. And who knows? I don't know where she's at now. I haven't read up on her. Maybe she's come to know God as her Lord now. And I hope she has. I hope she has because if she has, she would be able to say how big of a mistake she made back in the, in the 2007 awards speech. She would be able to tell you that she feels bad about that and that she was not only mocking her creator, but she was mocking her savior. The very same Jesus that she was mocking is the very same Jesus that was being beaten In taking that mockery to save her. If she only knew that. Kathy was, was acting in the darkness of unbelief, and that's what the guards were doing too. Because what were they doing? They were beating and mocking not only their creator, they were beating and mocking their Savior, the one who was in the process of saving them. Jesus was in the process of saving the entire world, and that included those guards. If they only knew that. Luke goes on, and he says, And they said many other insulting things to him. Maybe I'm just a sensitive soul, But when someone says something insulting to me, and it could just be one thing, it sticks with me. It hurts me, and I just can't forget it. I remember it. This sounds silly, and I've forgiven these people since then, but I can still remember specific insults that that people would give to me in grade school. (laughs) That was 15 years ago. Maybe you can sympathize a little bit with me, and maybe that gives you just the tiniest picture of what Jesus was going through. This was a barrage of insults. They were relentless in insulting Jesus. They said awful things to him, nasty things. In fact, I am so happy that Luke didn't record all of the things that they said to him, because I wouldn't want to hear it. It would probably make me sick to my stomach through this whole process, what do you think Jesus was thinking? Was he thinking, I could squash you? Was he thinking, I'm going to get revenge on you? Or you fools, you don't even know who you're doing this to. If it was you or I, maybe that would be what he was thinking, but we get a little glimpse into Jesus' heart later when Jesus is hanging on the cross and he says, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they are doing. Jesus wasn't plotting his revenge. He was thinking about their souls. He was caring for their souls. He was in the process of caring for their souls by saving them. He loved those guards. He wanted them to be forgiven. He wanted them to be in heaven with him. That's the love of your Savior. And if they only knew that. If only you knew. If only I knew. That I may not have mocked Jesus. But every time I've sinned against him, it's basically like throwing an insult at him. That I may not have beat Jesus, but every sin is another lash in his back. If you only knew. It leads you to say, if Jesus only knew. If Jesus only knew how much he was going to suffer when he came here to earth, if Jesus was only warned ahead of time about the, the great pain and suffering that he would go through. But that's the crazy love of your Savior Jesus. He knew. He knew that he was going to go through all of this pain and all of this suffering. In fact, he prophesied about it earlier in Luke 18. He says, we, the disciples and him, we are going up to Jerusalem. We're not running away from this. We're walking straight towards it. And everything that is written by the prophets about the Son of Man will be fulfilled. He will be delivered over to the Gentiles, these Romans. They will mock him. Insult him and spit on him, they will flog him and kill him. He knew. He knew the guards would mock him. He knew they would beat him. He knew they would hit him on the back and say, Prophesy, tell us who hit you. And he came to earth to save you, anyways. Not because you earned it, not because you're worthy but because he loves you. He had 33 years on earth to back away, but he didn't. He walked towards Jerusalem. He walked towards that cross for you. It it was always going to end at the cross. The cross was the end of Jesus' suffering. The cross was the end for you. The end of guilt and shame. The end of eternal death. The beginning of life. Eternal life. The beginning of an eternal peace that takes over your whole soul. The beginning of heavenly confidence in your forgiveness. That those times that I remember hurling an insult at Jesus or beating him on the back... I have a heavenly forgiveness, a heavenly confidence in that forgiveness. It defies logic that the God of the universe would allow himself to be abused like this, allow himself to be mistreated. But now you know. You know that he was mistreated because he loved you. He was mistreated to save you. Amen. And the peace of God, that peace that that takes over your whole soul, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen.